It is time for the Mark Jackson Show, which is presented to you by Stanford Hospital and Clinics, the official team physicians of the Golden State Warriors. To learn more, visit stanfordhospital.org. Also brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. For a local dealer, visit bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Joining us via the Ring Central guest line, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Jackson. Jack, what's up? All is well. Thanks again for having me. When you say all is see, when you say all is well, now I got to say, good night, Oakland. <laughs> good night, San Jose. <laughs> good night, San Francisco. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, brother! Hey, those machines. I don't know if those machines would have worked when I was playing because I'm not sure if it was big enough or wide enough to catch some of my some of my misses. But those are pretty cool. You don't even need a ball boy anymore. You just set that machine up and go out there and shoot around for as long as you want to. No, they they actually are great machines, and I, you know, I fell in love with them watching my son when I went to visit him at school. He basically would, you know, line the machine up, set it up, and and you know, sit there and shoot, and then change change spots. So they're incredible, uh, especially for guys that that are workers and want to get their reps up. Before we get to the the team and what's going on, uh, what are some things you see as a coach now that that whether it be in the training room. In the weight room, we just talked about the shooting machine. What are some of the things you see and say to yourself, boy, that would have been nice to have that when I was playing? Well, not you know, my first year we traveled, you know, <laughs> with 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 uh, regular passion, passengers, and we'd get on the first flight mm-hmm. out the next day after the game. So that's one thing that changed after my first season. We had our own plane. Uh, so uh, that's a benefit that we have now. Um, not only that, but having the ability to have, you know, you know, chef cook breakfast in the morning and lunch prepared uh, after practice, eating after games, uh, prepared meals, meals on the flight, uh, strength and conditioning coaches, trainers that, um, you know, whether it be vitamins or uh, nutritional stuff that, you know, put you in position to have the best, you know, body and be in best shape. Um, also stretching, um, all of those things, masseuse. Uh, I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. You know, the the guys, uh, the way they have it today, it makes a huge difference. And it's it's incredible when you think about how guys got away with it, old school wise. Uh, it's a badge of honor, but at the same time, you'd much rather trade it in and have it the way it is today. Yeah, I think you were like me when you get on the plane early in the morning. You're like, I got to travel with these peasants. Can you get out of the way? I got a game tonight. <laughs> Move, for crying out loud. Get back to your coat seat while I sit up in here in first class and, and eat some warm nuts. You Go back there and leave me alone. I got the bulls tonight, lady, crying out loud. I could see you having that conversation with somebody, too. <laughs> I think one trip a year, if not a trip, at least one plane flight. I think players today should have to fly commercial just to see what it was like 20 years ago. And I'm not, I'm not complaining. I got a chance to play in the NBA with the greatest athletes in the world, but when you can't get to sleep until 2 o'clock in the morning because you're still wired after playing a, a basketball game and you have to get up at 4.30 in the morning to catch a catch a flight, there is a little bit of a difference between that and going right from the game to the tarmac onto the plane and off the tarmac on the bus into the hotel. So I think the players today should just have to go commercial one trip to see what it was like. 
Well, it, it, it's a big difference, and you sound like I played for a coach who we probably lost three or four games in a row, and he had a team meeting, and he basically said in a team meeting, well, we're going to start carrying our own bags to the bus and to the plane, you know, from now on. And I'm sitting there like, that really doesn't matter? You know, <laughs> what is that? That's punishment? <laughs> You're killing us. <laughs> Guys, we've got to start playing hard, man. My bag's heavy. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, everybody else in the country has it bad. They carry their own bags. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess last night you've said it for a long time. In fact, you've said it for as long as you've been here. You guys are a no-excuse basketball team. And last night was, I don't want to say the culmination or the epitome of that statement, but it was something I thought about as I was watching you guys go out there and play. No Carl Landry, no Harrison Barnes, no Steph Curry, no Andrew Bogut. The three guys you really need to lean on and have step up, they all did it in different ways. Whether it was David Lee's double-double, I think Jared Jack had a double-double, Clay Thompson, the career-high 32 points. Uh, you had Bazemore stepping up off the bench. So you had role players doing what they needed to do, and you had your main guys doing what they had to do in a nice win to end the road trip. Well, it was a great win, and I was extremely proud of my guys. At the end of the day, our identity remains the same no matter who's on the floor. And I think it was a great opportunity for the guys that, you know, been working their tails off in practice, working their tails off before and after practice on days off. Uh, you think about we had a, a, a Sunday in Toronto, optional practice. Basically, everybody shows up and uh, get their work in. So when they're called upon, those guys are ready. And it was a heck of a statement game for us because we had every right to say, you know, we have no business winning this game. But when you defend, when you rebound, and when you play with confidence and when you care about one another, great things happen. So so we're very pleased with coming out of there with a W. What did you think as a player when a coach said optional practice? Because I always felt like optional was never optional. Optional was for the guy. If, like, if, you, if you thought it was optional, you probably played 35 minutes and you knew it was optional. For guys who didn't play more than 20 minutes, like optional meant, you know what, you don't have to go, but you better be here. Yeah, and, and, and that's the same thing today. When I, when I say optional, I really mean optional, mm -hmm. but you're telling me something whether you show up or not. Yeah. Um, and especially for the guys, you know, I don't, I don't really don't care if David Lee and Steph Curry and Andrew Bogut and, and you know, Carl Landry who's getting it done and Jared Jack, veteran guys who have a lot of miles who I'm asking to do a lot. If they don't show up, I'm not going to hold it against them. And truthfully, I'm not going to hold it against uh, anybody, but it's going to tell me uh, your mindset, and yeah. especially these young guys. But when I have an optional practice today, uh, the first guys in the gym you know, are David Lee and Steph Curry, yeah. um, and, and they set the tone. And I don't have to say, okay, we have practice, because I know on an optional day my guys are going to show up. So this is a team that really takes pride in, in, in the mission, in the assignment, and there's a reason why we're successful right now. The credit goes to the players and how hard they work and how prepared they are. And here's what happens. The, when they show up, if you're a guy that doesn't get those type of minutes, or really anybody else on the team, uh, you see Steph Curry and David Lee show up, you have no reason not to be there. You have no excuse not to be there. When guys that are doing the heavy lifting night in and night out show up, uh, no matter what they do, if they just go shoot free throws or play one-on-one -on -one or play horse, just the fact that they got out there and wanted to be there, I mean, that sends a message to the rest of the team that if they can do it, not only can I do it, I better do it. And then that that, that just kind of becomes second nature. Then you don't even think about optional practice. You're just like, I'm going to go and 
you know, get a little sweat, work on some free throws, work on a few post moves, work on some stuff that I want to work on just to show that, you know what, my mind's in this, I'm ready to go, and it's not something I was even thinking about. If the gym's open, I'm going to be there. Well, you know, you played in this league, and, and you, you're totally uh, on point with that. Uh, Popovich has been um, blessed with guys like uh, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, you know, Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, uh, those guys who set the tone for him as a coach and for that organization. If he can coach them, if he can yell at them, if he can hold them accountable, if he can demand that they uh, defend and work hard and those guys don't react uh, other than in a positive way, um, then, 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 then you're setting up uh, a culture-changing situation and you're putting yourself in position to win. Now, my guys don't have the jewelry that those guys have, but my guys uh, certainly are accomplished and they do a great job of leading this team and everybody else follows. Talking to Mark Jackson, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, coming off a two and two road trip, sitting at twenty eight and seventeen, fifth place in the Western Conference. Jack, what did you see out of Andrew Bogut in Toronto that was different than when we saw him earlier this year? Well, he, you know, he finished above the rim a couple of times. Uh, he looked like the the time off helped him. Um, he looked more confident. Whether that was um, a sign of him being uh, in better position physically or if he was just more confident because his mind told him he was in better position position physically. Whatever it was, he was much better. And he makes me a better basketball coach, and he makes us a better basketball team. His presence on the defensive end, his presence on the low block, uh, his passing ability, um, he, he really showed uh, everybody just what – you know, how, how he completes us as a basketball team, and it was great to have him. Fun to watch a couple of plays, too, him and David Lee working off each other, both high basketball IQ guys, and you can kind of get a sense, and it'll get better the more they play with one another, that they can see when a high-low is developing or there's an open lane to cut and they're looking for each other. And as a coach, it's got to be exciting to kind of see that even without playing together, they can kind of kind of get things done because of the way they play and their intelligence on the court. And i got to imagine that's only going to get better the more time they have on the court together. Well, two very smart players. They both have the ability to read uh, and, and react on the floor. They, they do a good job, almost like, you know, watching Marcus So and Zach Randolph. I mean, mm-hmm. their ability to pass the basketball, the ability to understand the unselfish play. Um, and, and really, when you add other guys on the floor and Harrison and, and Steph and, and, and Clay and, and, and even Jack, I mean, those guys, they complement one another so much that it makes us tough to defend. It's kind of like, I think it was kind of like the uh, telepathy that we shared. When we were with the Clippers, you would see me open and say he's open, but maybe next time, Tom. It's better for the team that I don't pass it to you. I did see you open as long as you recognized that. I, was, I wasn't ignoring you. I saw you open. No, I saw you. I saw the head nod. I, saw the I, head even, nod. I, I even heard the clap you know, in the middle of me seeing you open. <laughs> That's the best, isn't it? Like that, that always used to annoy me, and I wondered if it annoyed you as a point guard when guys were clapping. Did you... Do you ever say something to guys like, look, I see you. It's not helping your cause that you're clapping at me when I'm trying to run an offense here. You know what's funny is, you know, in the summertime we with our draft guys, we were shorthanded at times and, you know, I'd get a workout in. So one day I played with those guys and we were playing uh, and Festus was on my team and he came off the pick and roll, set the screen, rolled to the hoop, 
and he goes, yo, 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 and claps his hands as I have the basketball in my hands. I didn't throw him the basketball, but, you know, after the dead ball possession, I I just walked over to him like, are you serious? I, wa- I wanted to say, Google me, man. <laughs> What's more annoying, this or the woo, woo, woo? I was I would say the second one. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You know what it's funny that you uh and I don't know why this shot into my head. And I always think I always think of Dominique when I when I think of this, is that people would ask me about guys who, who shoot a lot and want to get the ball back and stuff. And I always tell them this story and I'm wondering if you'd be able to verify it if you played with anybody like this, although you did play with Dominique when we were with the Clippers. The guys when they wanted the ball back would pass it to somebody who might have an open shot, but they'd throw it at their ankles so the guy couldn't get the shot off and they'd have to pass it back to him? Masters of it. And they say, my bad. They're so sincere exactly. when they say, my bad, my bad, bad pass. <laughs> you get some guys that are brilliant at doing that. It's like, yo, you can't run that like four times in a game, okay? I'm on to you now. Just, you know, just say you, you want know, me to great, give you the ball back. Great Dominique Wilkins story. We traded for him with the Clippers, and I'm like, I'm getting ready to play with Dominique, you know, all-time great and mm-hmm. can flat-out score. And, and I get into the hotel lobby, and Dominique is standing in the lobby with a Clippers leather jacket on that has the human highlight film written on the front of it. <laughs> like, you're Dominique Wilkins, man. I don't think you'd quite need that jacket with your name oh, on it. That thing was so good. <laughs> that thing was so good. I'm not sure what was funnier, that or the funniest thing that happened that year, the Mark Aguirre three-point hook shot to end the game down in Anaheim. <laughs> that, that may have been. That may have been the best thing of all time because Bob White had steam coming out of his ears and Aguirre looked at him like, what? <laughs> Those were the days, man. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So you got Dallas coming up uh, tomorrow night. Give me a little uh, insight as far as what you're thinking with, with Bogut from what he said, back-to-backs, not before the All-Star break, and then you'll kind of go from there? Yes, absolutely. I'll continue to uh, read them on the floor. Uh, I'm not going to put too much uh, of a demand on his body. Uh, we're going to look, you know, for the future and for the long haul and make sure that he continues to progress to the point where we don't, you know, where there's no holes, bars. But it's important for us to take care of business as a team, no matter who's on the floor. But it's great to have him back, and uh, I'll continue to listen to him as far as, and also the doctors as far as how he's feeling and how his body is reacting. I know one thing I wanted to ask you, because I saw one of the back-to-backs was a Houston at Houston at OKC. And I'm wondering, would you consider, I mean, would you just play him if you're going to go back-to-backs? Play him in the first one, sit him in the second one, or might you look at a game and say, you know what, it's going to be a tougher game than this game. And even though he may play really well against so it's said team, but that's going to be a tougher win to get. I'd rather have him against a team that maybe is easier to beat and he could have more success or a better matchup for him? Or would it be strictly, if it's a back-to-back and he's ready, we'll play him in the first game and then we'll see about the second game? No, that's a great question. But I think with us, you know, there are no easy games. They're all tough. we got to sure. play our brand of basketball to win. Uh, and I haven't looked that far ahead, but I certainly would look, and not about who's, who's the better team, but mm-hmm. you also look at the matchups and the style of play and uh, make decisions based on that. But I have not looked that far ahead. All right, before we let you go, break down the Super Bowl for me for a minute. Uh, I think it's going to – I really believe it's going to be the hardest-hitting Super Bowl uh, of all times. Uh, Both teams 
excellent on the defensive end. Both teams absolutely uh, hit you hard, tackle hard, and commit it. Uh, both teams extremely well coached. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting Super Bowl uh, being here. I look forward to uh, our Bay Area 49ers bringing back home the Super Bowl championship. It should be a heck of an accomplishment for them. It is a fun time to be a sports fan in the in the Bay Area. We have the World Series champ uh, Giants. We have uh, the 49ers in the Super Bowl. You guys are off to a great start. The Sharks are off to uh, a 6-0 and start, so it's a fun time to be a sports fan. Uh, best of luck on Thursday, Jack, and I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Thanks. Good talking to you, man. All right. Have a good one.